Let's pray with you, please. God of salvation, we've been studying the way to a saving faith this summer. Do we really trust in our faith? Do we really trust in your promise of salvation? Our answer to that will determine so much in our lives, and we need your help to make that determination. And so may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, either through us or in spite of us. Speak to us, thy people, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> it's a joy to see you. And I'm getting my technology back in gear, thank goodness. And it's a joy to celebrate our faith here today in this beautiful place on such a beautiful day, filled with the promises of a saving faith. I hope that you all have enjoyed my sermon series this summer on firing up a saving faith. A journey through the letter to the Ephesians, an early church of Christians who are in the second generation of people who follow Jesus. There's still some more study guides available in the back of the church if you'd like to study Ephesians some more. It's a powerful letter. We started out six weeks ago by seeing how these Ephesians were discovering the riches that a saving faith in Jesus would bring them. They, there's a huge payoff in having faith in Jesus as our Savior. And they knew it. And then we looked at how wide a saving faith could be. For the first time, we see in Ephesians, early Christians were not just talking about how anyone from any culture or tradition could be touched by God through a saving faith. They weren't just talking it, they were doing it. The church was not just meant for a few people. It was meant for the whole world. And a church meant that anyone who needed a deep saving faith could be helped to find peace and forgiveness with even the worst of our enemies and the ones who hurt us the most. How strong do we need to be to have a faith like this? The letter to the Ephesians makes it very clear that a saving faith asks us to be as strong as humble Jesus, to be willing to rely on God's strength and not the world's strength, to find our sense of peace and power in life. Jesus Christ is God's promise to the world that God's strength will always win out over human strength for our salvation, no matter what. Amen? And the good news in this letter to the Ephesians is that all of this helps us to be more loving, even when we face the things in ourselves that take us out of our comfort zone, and others as well and in the world that we have a hard time loving, we can find in a saving face, faith, the power to speak the truth with love and to take courageous steps forward in our lives, steps that will give us, in God's world, new hope. And through this love, born from a saving faith, we can begin to touch the joy in life that we all long to have in abundance. The darkest of days can be filled with the light of faith, and music of hope can lead us to the next part of God's story in our own lives 
and in the life to come. These are the powerful tools of faith that changed the world. We might take the idea of being Christians for granted. It's so much a part of our culture and our history that we've grown up in. But we cannot take a saving faith for granted. A saving faith is something that's promised to us when we're baptized, to be sure. But it's not up, it's up to us to live lives that bring the saving power of Jesus into God's world. Each person who does that in the name of Jesus Christ and the power of God's Holy Spirit becomes a part of Christ, a part of God's living presence on earth. And we know this in our hearts probably, and yet, and yet, we hedge our bets. We prefer to think of the battle for salvation to be done and dusted, already done, or best left for others to fight. We want to just go and get what we want, how we want it, where we want it, use those things to give us our sense of safety, and give God a nod every now and then. Or we might pick up a few tools of faith, be content with the results, and check faith off our to-do list. Well, God gives us the freedom to do just that. God doesn't want robots of faith. God wants people with hearts set on God, the way that God's heart is set on us. God gives us the freedom to be only partially prepared for a life that needs a saving faith for everything. God allows us to look for safety in things that deceive us and that make us trust in power and strength. It comes from us and not from the mind and heart of God. God knew that this was how it was going to be even before God made creation. And so from the beginning of creation, God's promise of salvation in Jesus Christ already existed to give us the faith to choose the one who will save us from our choices. We don't think about this generally, until we have to. I took a a few vacation days this week, more or less. And so on Tuesday, I went down to the National September 11th Memorial in New York City to pray with my many friends and colleagues who died there nearly 17 years ago. For the first time, I visited the museum that is built underneath the Memorial Park. The museum reminds me so powerfully of how the things of our own making, the things of our own imagining, are so very weak and fragile in comparison to God's power and imagination forged in everlasting love. The buildings that I worked in and visited so many times, filled with powerful companies, powerful government agencies, buildings and institutions that were supposed to be safe, they became just twisted rubble in a matter of seconds. The fortunes that people worked so hard to collect there, they've come and gone many times over. What we trust in, what we strive for, to be safe from what we fear, becomes the story of our lives, one way or another. 
if we don't focus completely on the strength that God has offered us in the saving faith, we will be vulnerable when we need God's strength the most, no matter how hard we try. This is why the letter to the Ephesians closes with one of the most powerful images of faith, the armor of God. Armor is costly. It takes energy to pick it up and and to put it on. And armor is not perfect. There's always a way for something to hurt us where we're weak. But if we're to be ready for the battle that Christian faith calls us to be a part of, we need to be ready for that battle completely and not let ourselves and others down when we need God's safety the most. The army of Christ is not like human armies. Our armor offers God's safety for the battle in God's ways. And we need it all to find and to keep our saving faith. And so, my dear family in Christ, I invite you, as Ephesians invites us, to put, pick up the full armor of God because it's the true way to be safe in God's world and to fight the battle of faith that we are meant to fight in a world that needs a saving faith so very much. Pick up the helmet that's the hope of salvation. What we hope for is what moves us forward. It sets us, it focuses us on what we are going to see in the world. And we want to focus on Christ and Christ alone. Pick up the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate protects our heart. It keeps our heart safe from the world. And it provides us the safety of God's heart, not human hearts. And it encourages us to do what's right based on what God knows is right. To love God with all our mind and heart and soul and spirit and strength. And to love our neighbors as ourselves. And to not focus on what we think is right. Our sense of justice. God's love. God's righteousness. His justice that saves us. Pick up and put on the belt of truth. Now, my costume here is is a little bit incomplete, obviously. But if you were in the times of Jesus, that belt was meant to hold on the clothes that were underneath everything else. So if you lost your belt, guess what? You were naked from the waist down. The truth of God given to us in love allows our faith not to look silly. It helps us to have hope and righteousness without being deceived by the world's lies. It gives us a complete faith. Put on the shoes of peace. You know, more people have been killed or wounded in the name of Christianity one way or another than we can probably count. Because people mistake, mistook what peace was all about. They talked peace, but they had hearts that were at war. The shoes of peace 
invite us to walk in the direction of peace, not war. Because if we have hearts of peace protected by God's righteousness, we're going to go in the right direction. God wants us to be at peace that knows that sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of wars. Protect yourself with the shoes of peace. And when the battle gets rough, when we need that extra protection of armor, pick up the shield of faith where we need it most. When we cannot find the strength to fight the battle of love that God has asked us to fight, turn to your faith again and again and again because our saving faith will protect our heart again and again and again and help to bring God's peace. And finally, with all this wonderful protection from God, God invites us to go on the offense with the sword of spirit. God doesn't want us to hurt people, but God does want us to pierce people's hearts with the Holy Spirit. God wants the Holy Spirit to be what enters people's lives to transform them, not by our will, but by the love and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we do this when we bring the Spirit to people in our lives, when we witness to what God is doing in our lives, people see the sword of Spirit pierce their hearts through God's will and not our will. How safe is a saving faith? As safe as it can be when we pick up everything that God has given us to be safe as a Christian, together with one another, and to go out and meet God's goal of conquering the world in God's love for Christ. My family in Christ, this is what we are meant to do as Christians. We are soldiers of a different kind. We are Christian soldiers. And so I invite you today to go onward, Christian soldiers. Fire up your saving faith. Plant in your heart the belief that you need and want and will live forever with God's love through faith in Jesus Christ. Be protected and go out and bring that protection to the world. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. It's time now for the prayers of the people. Time when we lift up our joys and concerns, our sorrows, and the things that lift us up. We do ask you to pray for Wayne Johnson and his health, that he may find strength and purity in his body and hope in his heart. And we pray for Ruth Nedman and a peaceful passing to heaven. Bless your soul at this important time. And bless you, Jane. We pray prayers for the family of Anna Lala. Anna passed away on Friday. We uh, had a wonderful event yesterday at the New Dog Park in Meriden, up by... Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the pond. 
Beaver Pond City Park on the uh, northeast side of town. And uh, we brought along our prayer box, and this prayer was deposited in it. Uh, a, pray, a prayer for Tessa Belanchik, 13 and a half years old with cancer. And I do pray for the world for peace and justice. We're so convinced that our ways are going to be the right ways. We need God's ways in our heart to lead the world forward into peace and healing and hope. Would you pray with me, please? Loving God, God of salvation, we come to you humbly admitting that we're afraid to admit sometimes that that word even applies to us. We think we've got it all covered. But dear Lord, you know how fragile we are. You know how much our hearts yearn for safety and strength and peace. And we want to turn to you for healing and hope. Grant us through your Holy Spirit the courage to put on the full armor of God, to practice the saving faith, to protect our minds and hearts, to send us in the right direction, and to touch other lives with your spirit. Be with these people who we've lifted up, who are struggling mightily against illness, and those who have passed into God's glory. Envelop them in your love and your hope. Envelop us that we may hope with them and for them. And we pray for our world, O oh blessed Lord, that needs to be a place of peace in the middle of chaos. Clear our minds and hearts. Prepare us to stand up for the love that saves people in our lives and in the world. And we pray for all of these things in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Praise be to God for love. Praise be to God for being creations of love. And praise be to God for the love of this church that contributes to the life of the church through our tithes and offerings that the love of God may grow again and again. And so let us celebrate that love with our tithes and offerings at this time to the glory of God's word.
of joyful worship here. And we thank you for being with us through the series on the saving faith. When you need it, it's there. Pick it up. And we do it every Wednesday at 5 and 7 if you need some help. We all need help. So let's say our charge to keep. This summer, we've learned the power of a saving faith. It worked for the Ephesians to protect them and strengthen them. And it can work for us and for people who see our example. Let's wear the full armor of God, faith together. And now, may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord shine God's countenance upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up God's countenance on little of us and grant us peace now and forever. And may the Christian soldiers of South Meriden Trinity United Methodist Church say, Amen! Amen.